0: This is the Perfect Pup Podcast, helping you build a better relationship with your pup, presented by Pupford. Hello, pup parents, and welcome to today's episode of the Perfect Pup Podcast. My name is Devin. I wish I didn't have to do this episode, but it is a topic that we need to cover, and that is how to break up a dog fight. We're gonna talk all about dog fights, why they might happen, how you can break them up safely, how you can break them up by yourself if you are in that situation, Things you shouldn't do, and of course, even what you should do after a dog fight occurs. So let's get right into it because this topic is very, very important. Whether you have a puppy, an adult dog, a senior dog, you need to be aware that dog fights can happen and they likely will happen to you at some point in your experience as a pup parent. It's unfortunate, but like I said, it is an inevitable part of being involved with dogs and any animal for that matter that, you know, fights occur and very first and foremost, I want to say this. You can do things to avoid dog fights and you can try and keep your dog out of situations where dog fights might occur, but no matter how careful you are, it might happen and you need to be aware of what to do when it does. So let's talk first about why fights happen. There's kind of three main buckets or categories as to why it might happen. And of course there's more to it. This isn't an extensive list, but the, the first thing that you'll often see is resource guarding and that can come in many different shapes and forms that could be resource guarding over uh a bone or a treat or it could be over a toy it can even be over like territory some dogs are just territorial it could be they are guarding you they're human if another dog comes up too close to you and they get you know if they have bad feelings about it or something they may um want to attack or there may be a fight that breaks out so that's one of the big things is resource guarding and truthfully This, it's its own topic, resource guarding, but generally I will say this, anytime that you are with your dog and they are around other dogs, specifically dogs that they don't know, you should do your best to limit the amount of things that can be guarded. So it might be a better idea to just not have toys out or to not be giving treats or especially not to give your dog, you know, a, a bone or a chew or something in an area where other dogs might be coming around them. It's just, it's not worth it. The second reason that you often see dog fights is dogs become overstimulated. Oftentimes they'll be playing, they'll be having fun, just like with kids or even humans, right? Like, or, sorry, humans. I mean, I meant adults. Sometimes you have good intentions. You're playing. You're getting along, and then things happen, and and you know maybe there's just too much happening, and 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 you're not able to handle your emotions as well. You see this a lot with kids on on a playground, right? Like you go to a playground for For five minutes and you'll see some kids get into an argument or push each other or something right when maybe a few minutes before they were playing and having fun and the same thing can happen with our dogs sometimes they you know will be playing well with another dog and you know maybe they want a break and the other dog isn't reading that and there's just you know this they're already hyped up and amped up from playing and there's this level of overstimulation so that's just one thing to be aware of and and that kind of leads into the main reason I think that dog fights happen it's because of know if this is the right phrase to use but bad social skills every dog is different every dog has things that they are good at and not so good at and some dogs aren't great at reading other dogs social social cues reading their body language cues and that can happen for a myriad of reasons it often has to do with being under socialized or potentially the pup parent isn't handling certain situations correctly there's a lot of reasons but what you're going to see is dogs often not reading other dogs cues. So what I mean is this in very rare circumstances, probably never do do two dogs just go straight up to each other with no other interactions and just start fighting for no reason. Like that's not something that really occurs. Most times there are many moments, not many, but many like miniature moments that are happening that lead up to that fight. Just like with, bites you know bites don't happen just like that there's things that precede a bite just like there are things that precede a dog fight and so there are things that you should look at and the biggest thing you can do to educate yourself as a pup parent is to learn about how to read dog body language i'm not going to devote this episode to talking about dog body language if you want to learn more you should check out our dog body language course that is a part of pupford academy where we go into as many of the aspects of dog body language as you can think of and talk about what they mean, what to look out for. It it covers tails. It covers things with your dog's mouth, their eyes, their body posture, all those different things. So definitely give that, uh, check that out, uh, the dog body language course, but a few things to look out for. You'll often see uh, there's a lot of stiffness that occurs when dogs are um, potentially about to be in into a fight mode. You know when they're playing, that's it's very bouncy and you know one, one dog will, you know there'll be play bows and they'll 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 jump and chase each other and then the other one will chase and there's kind of that back and forth, that ebb and flow. But oftentimes when a fight is going to occur, it's a little more stiff. There's there's very direct movements. You will see um, often dogs like moving straight in on each other. Other body language things to be aware of high stiff tails hackles being raised you know the skin on the back of your dog's neck you know those are kind of the preliminary ones and then it can move further into you know if a dog's trying to back away or get space and the other dog isn't reading that you might see things like lip curls where you know your dog kind of shows their teeth or you know you might see a snarl or a growl or you know different things that your dog is doing and that's what i mean when i say sometimes it's bad social skills because oftentimes if you are paying attention and you can see these things, you can see it starting to escalate. And if it's your dog that is getting stressed and overwhelmed by another dog, you can know that it's time to remove your dog from the situation. What happens, unfortunately, is a lot of people don't pay attention or they don't know what these you know indicators are that a fight might happen. And so, again, it's so important to learn about dog body language. And... I will say this too that, you know, I've done an episode about dog parks and my opinion on them and other dog people's opinions and even trainers' opinions on dog parks. I'll tell you, I don't go to dog parks anymore because I have had issues with this, with dog fighting, because I am, I would like to believe that I'm a pretty aware pup parent and I keep an eye on my dogs and I try to read their body language when they're interacting with other dogs or humans or me or anything. What happens so often at parks or any other situation where dogs are getting together is people think, I walk in, let my dog off, they'll do their own thing, I can do my own thing. It's a time for me to check my emails or scroll through Facebook or whatever it is that is not paying attention to your dog, and that's why these things happen. So I digress a little bit there, but I will just say, be very careful of what situations you allow yourself and your dog to get into, because when you go to a dog park, I'm not trying to pick on dog parks necessarily, but when you go to a dog park, you don't know how well the other person's paying attention to their dog. You don't know the other dog's history. You don't know if that dog is aggressive. You don't know. And so you're it, there are some question marks there. And it's, I think, in my opinion, good to take precautions because the best way to break up a dog fight, well... The best way to stop a dog fight is to not let it happen, period. And to be aware of this, of the social cues that your dog is giving off and those types of things. So hopefully that makes sense as to why fights happen and maybe give you ideas on how you can avoid it. Do you need some extra help getting your dog's attention during training? You need Pupford's Training Treats. They're made with three ingredients or less, have less than one kcal per treat, and over 475 treats per bag. Head to pupford.com backslash treats to save up to 15% off your next order. If a dogfight happens, here's what I'm going to say. All these things that I'm going to tell you, it's really easy to listen or, or watch and read these things and say, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. When you get in the heat of a moment, it's terrifying. Like you're, you're, your heart will be racing. You will be, and like my experience has been like, it's very scary. It's loud. There's biting, there's growling, there's You know, oftentimes, again, if you're at a park, other dogs start to get involved and it can get really out of hand very quickly. So first thing you want to try your best to remain calm. I know that is difficult, but as much as you can, because again, our dogs, they feed off of our energy. And so if we're hyped up and we're amped up and we're, you know, putting off those signals to our dogs, it can, it can make the situation even worse. So Again, do as much as you can to stay calm. The second thing I will say before we even talk about how to break up a fight is understand that it is dangerous for you to be involved at all. Our dogs are animals, newsflash, and they have instincts and they have things that their brains are are trained to do. And they're, you know, there's a, a kind of a path that the dogs follow, you know, when they're there's things like they'll stalk and then they'll they'll chase and then they'll rip and tear and then like th- th- those are things that our dogs are pre-programmed to do. And so when a dog fight is occurring, remember that it is two animals that are really in a different headspace. It's not like you can just say, oh, buddy, come here or, you know, a simple thing that would work in another instance of getting your dog's attention or getting them to come to you where it might work. It's probably not going to work in the middle of a fight. They are in the zone. They probably can't even hear you. Their their brains are in a different state. So remember that. Here are a few things that you can do to break up a fight. The first thing is noise or distractions or something of that nature. Most of the time most of the time that a dog fight occurs, you're not going to be prepared for it. That's just the facts, right? So whatever you can do to be as loud as possible or do something as distracting as possible to just hopefully break the dog attention and, and, and get them out of that headspace and get them thinking about something else. You know, if, if you have, uh, any type of noise maker or, you know, sometimes it's, it's clapping as yell as loud as you can, or yelling as loud as you can. Again, the yelling is tough because I think sometimes that does amp up the dog, but Anything that you can do to distract the dog. Another thing that you could do, um, you know, say it is at a park or someone has a, a bottle of water or or a bowl with water, you can throw water on the dogs. Like that can give you that quick instant to at least like break break it up for a moment and then you can intervene. Other things that you can try, people, uh, you know, I, I've read and heard things about like, you know, throwing a blanket or a jacket over the situation. I do think that that can be challenging because it might make the dog feel more confused and disoriented and it might lead them to do other things. But it, again, it, it's it's about breaking it up for at least an instant so that you can intervene. Um, of course, I will say, let me back up slightly. If you have your dog on a leash, the, the best case scenario there is to try and just walk away with your dog. And hopefully the other dog is on a leash and those things can happen, but that's not always the case. So I'm just gonna add that point in. Another thing that you can try to do is put something in between your dogs. So I will say, not you. You should not be in between your dogs. We'll cover that later. It shouldn't be your hands, shouldn't be your foot, shouldn't be your body. None of that. Not a good choice. Don't do it. But if you have, I don't know, maybe a like a a backpack, or um, I'm trying to think of things that would be on you, a skateboard or you know, a bicycle, or maybe there's a, a thing of wood near you or, or something that you can just do to physically get it in between the dogs. Because again, if the dogs can't access each other, the fight is going to stop. Keep in mind with that. You don't want to just like put a stick in there and think that's going to work because again, you're getting your hand in there and that's dangerous. So, you know, every situation will be different, but if you can get a large object and put it in between your dogs, maybe it's a lawn chair, maybe it's, you know, anything that is large and can, you can still keep space, but you can physically put it in between the dogs to get separation. Um, that is, uh, one way. And then the third way I will say too, this one that I'm about to talk about, it has its drawbacks and it's not a perfect method. And I don't believe there is a perfect method for stopping a dog fight because there's just not, it's, it's a question mark. There's so much adrenaline and You know instincts and things are they happen very quickly so there is no perfect answer but the wheelbarrow method method is one that many people have used so how that works again you're going to need two people the key here as well and this is for all of the types is to identify which dog is the aggressor typically in a dog fight you do have one dog that is the aggressor and is doing more of the attacking biting those types of things so if you can identify the aggressor, that that's a that's where you kind of want to start as well. So with the wheelbarrow method, you would have two people and you would want to try and do this at the same time. But what you're doing is you're kind of grabbing your dog's hind legs. If you can, you want to grab above the knees, kind of a little bit more towards their hips. But again, dog sizes, it's, it's different and it's challenging. So, but as you can, you know, grab more towards the back of your dog's knees and you're going to lift them up and kind of start walking them backwards or walking them in a circle. Because what that's going to do is that's going to put them off balance and it's going to force them to not be able to, I'm like spinning around on the video, trying to, you know, give you a visual, but it's going to force them to not be able to interact as easily with the other dog. And so if both people are doing at the same time, and then you can circle your dog away from the other dog and get to a safe place, whether that is behind another fence, or at least where you can put a leash on your dog, those types of things. So that wheelbarrow method is one that can be beneficial. It involves two people and it can, you know, you have to be on the same page. And again, adrenaline, things are happening quickly. Sometimes it's not always easy, but it it is one thing that can be done. Like I said, that has its drawbacks because anytime you are grabbing your dog, even from behind, it, there is a chance that your dog could turn on you. It does not mean that you have... I think sometimes as pup parents, we think, oh, my dog would never hurt me. My dog would never bite me. And while that's hopefully the case, it's not always so. Like I said, when a dog is in a fight, they are in adrenaline mode. They are zoned in and anything that is near them or causing them pain or you know, touching them, they might just turn around and snap because they don't know if it's another dog. So that's why... I say the wheelbarrow method, it has its risks. And like I said earlier, you really need to be careful anytime you're going to get yourself involved in trying to break up a dog fight, just be careful. And that's why the wheelbarrow method can be good because if, if, if you have your dog by the hind legs and you were kind of picking them, their back legs up, it's hard for them to turn around and, and be able to get to you. Um, but that's also why you need to walk away and, and, you know, try and have a strong grip, but. Again, it's not a perfect method, but it is an idea that can help. So let's talk about things you should not do. And I've kind of alluded to them already. The first one, don't use your hands. Don't put your hands in near your dog. Don't go to grab their collar. Don't go to, you know, put your hand in between their mouths. I know that sounds crazy, but like, again, in the moment you're freaking out and you're trying to just get this to stop, but this is not the right option. Um, My wife is a nurse. She used to be a nurse in an emergency room and she has dealt with multiple cases of people who've come in who have, uh, she had a lady who lost her thumb um, trying to break up a dog fight, you know, massive lacerations and bites and cuts because again, dogs, they're in the zone. They are not, they might think you're another dog or, you know, there's so much happening. So don't use your hands. And the second thing, very similar, don't, try to become the barrier between the dogs and i see this a lot and i personally have made this mistake when other dogs are getting too up in my dog's business but if you try and physically step in between the dogs you might think oh well they can't get to each other here's here's the here's the truth on that they'll get to each other if they want to even if you're in between them they'll go through you they'll go around you they'll go under you and then you're involved and you might get knocked over and you might be laying on the ground next to this dog fight so do not try and use your body as the barrier it's not a good option and the third thing that you shouldn't do is kick hit yank any of those things to any of the dogs again if you go to again it's it's kind of instinctual I'm I'm like being honest like I hate I hate to even say the words like kick a dog because I would never do that but in the moment in the heat of the moment of a dog fight, you might not know what to do. And that might seem like, well, maybe I can kick the dog to get their attention. It's not a good thing to do because again, when they're in that mode of I'm fighting, I'm trying to survive. If you kick them or, you know, hit them or, or try and yank their tail to distract them or something like that, there is a chance that they are going to turn on you. And again, that's why the wheelbarrow method has its risks. But the, the advantage is that You get the dog off balance and they're less able to be able to turn on you. So again, do not use your hands. Do not use yourself as a barrier and don't kick, hit, or yank the dog's tail, anything like that. Because again, what is going to happen is the dog may turn on you and that's not good. So hopefully you're able to break up the dog fight. Your adrenaline's going to be pumping. Your dog's adrenaline's going to be pumping. There's going to be a lot of feelings and emotions happening. But here's what you want to do after a dog fight stops. First thing is, and this is kind of part of breaking it up, but you need to get to a safe space. The number of times that I've seen dogs get into fights and the pup parents separate their dogs and then just let them go again. I've seen it so many times. It blows my mind. It makes no sense at all. I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about this topic because I've seen so many instances of dogs and their pup parents not paying attention and their dogs attacking other dogs and then just letting them go right after or staying in the situation. You need to leave. If your dog attacks someone, you need to leave. Wherever you are, you need to leave the situation because if you think 10, 15 seconds, of oh we got them separated they're cooling down let's let them go play again if you think that's an op- if you think that's a good option i'm telling you you're wrong <laughs> like i i try not to have these strong of opinions when i do this podcast but i'm telling you you're wrong you need to leave the situation completely because if that animosity if that if that like bad blood between the two dogs is already there it's not going to go away very quickly you need permanent space so get to a safe space ideally You know, in somewhere where you have actual protection, like whether there's a fence in between you or you get into a car or you like go hundreds of yards away, like you actually leave the situation, you need to get to a safe space. The next thing you want to do is you want to check for injuries. You know, you'll want to, and and do what you can as well to calm down your dog. You don't want, it's not the time to be, even if you believe your dog did something wrong, even if you believe your dog was the instigator and you're mad at them, it's not the time to get mad. It's not the time to get angry at your dog. It's not the time to, it's just not the time for that. Do as much as you can to bring your dog back down to level, bring them back to even keel. Say calm things to them, toss some treats on the ground if you can, get them, you know, get them back to where they are feeling more normal and check them for injuries. You know, you'll, a lot of the times it's near the head and neck area just because that's where a lot of the snapping and biting might occur. Um, you'll want to check there. You'll want to, you know, just kind of rub your your uh, hand along your dog's body, along their back, under their belly. You know, check their paws, those types of things. Check for injuries. And if the injuries are bad enough, take them to the vet. Take them to emergency hospital. It is. I'll tell you what. It's no one wants to be doing that, but it's what you need to do if your dog has been in a dog fight and they have sustained injuries. Get get them treatment. The third thing you want to do, if possible, and I think many people forget this, you want to exchange info with the other pup parent. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> when dogs get into fights, especially when I've seen them with my own, from my own experience, there it's, it's awkward in the sense that no one wants to, like sometimes people don't want to say I'm sorry, even though they know maybe their dog was the instigator, they feel sheepish, whatever it might be, like, you have to put that aside, you need to get their information because if there are sustained injuries or if there's, you know, sometimes you need to fill out, um, you need to report it and you need to, to, you know, fill out information and and report it to, um, local animal authorities or whatever it might be. Um, because especially if you potentially sustained injuries. So I'm just saying, it's a good idea to exchange information with the other pup parent if they're willing You know, if that's going to become another sticking point and cause more problems, it might not be worth it. But if you can exchange information with that other pup parent. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you can. I know it's not a very enjoyable topic. I know I'm, I'm a little amped, like even talking about it just because it's, it's a situation that is scary and it, it can, it really can kind of shake you to your core and it can really put you in a scary spot, puts your dog in a scary spot. It, it's a tough place to be, but I hope that these tips are helpful and it gives you some ideas. And I can tell you now that the best way to prepare is to, to just be thinking through these ideas and, and thinking about what you might be able to carry with you to, to be ready for these situations. You know, some, some articles online talk about having an air horn. Like, I don't know many people who carry an air horn with them, but I don't know, maybe you could, a small one on a keychain or something. And You know, other people talk about citronella spray. Again, I'm not condoning that for like training purposes, but in the, in the instance of a dog fight, like it might be your only option. It might be your only option to spray a dog with citronella or to have a water bottle and dump it on them or whatever it might be, or use a hose. Like it, again, it's, it can be a desperate time, but I hope that this is helpful. And above all, I think if, if if you're going to have one takeaway from this episode, it would be to learn more about dog body language uh, the past five six years that I've had dogs this has been the most useful tool that I've learned you know I've learned a lot about training and and dog behavior and all the things that go along with it but having a better understanding of dog body language and you know I'm kind of nerdy about it but when I go to the park and I'm around dogs or around, other people's dogs or my dogs around other dogs, I'm trying to read their body language. I'm trying to learn and understand what's happening because I'll tell you what, it has saved my dogs from getting into situations that I know could have gotten a lot worse if, this, if I wouldn't have been reading their body language or the body language of other dogs. One last thing I will say on this too is, if your dog gets attacked, there is a likelihood that they will have some trauma with that that they will have some stress and some triggers that will be associated with that my dogs are better at this now but for a long time they were very quickly they would become on edge around huskies because they both got attacked by a husky and i have nothing against huskies i like huskies but my, I have to be aware that my dogs now have somewhat of a predisposition to be on edge around Huskies because they had traumatic experiences where I thought they were legitimately going to die from getting attacked. And so you have to be aware of, of what happened in that situation and be aware that that area that it happened in, that type of dog that, you know, different environment, it might become a trigger for your dog and they may not want to return to it. And so you need to be aware of that. And I think in my opinion, you need to be sensitive to it because our dogs are, are beings with emotions. And if, if a dog gets in a dog fight and you think like, oh, we'll go hang out with that dog again, we'll, we'll make sure that they're okay. Like that might not be the case. Your dog might be too stressed out by that other dog. So it's just something to be aware of. I hope that you, truthfully, my biggest hope is you never have to deal with a dog fight. I really hope that's the case. But unfortunately, for a a variety of reasons, it may happen. And I will say, you know, I I also just have a, a hope, a request for anybody listening or watching or reading this, pay attention to your dog. When you take them out, when you have them off leash, when you're at a park, when you are having a puppy play date, pay attention to your dog. You'll be so happy that you did. I know that means you might not be able to scroll through Instagram, but guess what? It may also mean that you save your dog from getting involved in a fight. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please, please leave a review. Let me know if you like this episode. Let me know if you disagree with me. I'd love to hear it. Leave a review. I'll read it, and I will be happy to uh, to adjust accordingly. And if you have ideas for episodes, please uh, leave that in review as well. And other than that, we will catch you on the next episode.